and Answers begins right now. The current Israel and Hamas war has raised numerous questions. What is the cause of this conflict? Who is Hamas? Who is Hezbollah? Why is Iran threatening the nation of Israel? How should the United States respond? Is there connection with biblical prophecy? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with our host, Pat Zukran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. The last time we were together, Pat began a message explaining this current situation, and today he will conclude and bring clarity to a complex issue we should all be watching carefully. If you've missed any part of this message, Log on at evidenceandanswers.org. There you will find this message entitled The Israel-Hamas Conflict and find hundreds more podcasts that you may download or listen online. Now let's get right to part two. Well, what is the strategy going forth from here? Well, at the time of this recording, Israel is preparing for an attack on Gaza with the intent of destroying Hamas. And this is going to be a very difficult, perhaps a drawn out battle. It's a Gaza is a very densely populated area. This kind of urban combat and warfare is very difficult. We know that Hamas uses human shields. They have taken dozens of Israeli citizens prisoner and uh, they're using them for human shields. But also they fire their rockets and many of their militants use hospitals and schools and religious centers from which they launch their military activity and from which they hide behind. And so it's very difficult. Israel follows more of the just war ethic here. They seek military targets. And it's very difficult when you're firing rockets and using hospitals and religious centers and elementary schools as your shield, not to have what's called collateral damage. It's very, very difficult. And so as Israel goes in, you're going to see a lot of collateral damage because that's Hamas's strategy to use these human shields. And then when children and civilians are killed, they will videotape that and use it as propaganda as they are already doing to show that Israel is the evil nation and win the sympathy of the world and get the world to turn on Israel. So that will be the plan of Hamas. And already there are anti-Israeli, pro-Hamas protests throughout the United States. Uh, There's been recent protests in Washington, D.C., led by several of our congresswomen there, Rashid Tlaib, of Michigan, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York, Ilan Omar of Minnesota. And we're seeing numerous protests on our college and university campuses against Israel and in favor of Hamas. Of course, our left-wing liberal professors, they're promoting a lot of anti-Israeli ideology there. A lot of people are concerned about what's being taught at the universities. And well, we should be, you know, we at Evidence and Answers have a preparing for college conference where we prepare our students to be spiritually, intellectually, and morally prepared for the challenges they're gonna face on the university campus. And I think that 
what you see in these protests, many intelligent college students denying the reality of the Hamas videos. Uh, they're denying that they're calling it Israeli propaganda, even though these videos are clearly from Hamas. Hamas has uh, clearly taken responsibility for the beheading of children and women and attacks on civilians. Many of them are denying that this is real. It's Israeli propaganda. It's difficult to understand how they can deny the reality of that, but that's some of the products you see. I hope you're beginning to see some of the products of the liberal ideologies that are just being spewed and our young students there at many of these universities just being brainwashed in this kind of ideology here. So that's going to be the strategy of Hamas to gain the sympathy of the world and get the world to turn on Israel. Right now, the U.S. stands behind Israel. But as more and more of this propaganda is produced by Hamas, as we see many of these protests going on, uh, there's a huge one happened just recently at our United States Capitol. There, I think there are about 300 arrests made on our capital by protesters there. You know, we're going to see more of this. And let's just pray that the U.S. stands on the side of justice and that they'll be unwavering. They need the U.S. needs to be prepared to be unwavering in her support of Israel, because this is the kind of propaganda that we're going to see. Well, is there any connection with biblical prophecy? In Ezekiel 36 and 37, and a lot of people ask, why all the attention on the nation of Israel? Well, God's redemption plan for the world centers on the nation of Israel. Genesis chapter 12, it is through Israel the entire world would be blessed. The reason Israel was formed, it is through Israel the entire world would come to know God. You know, Second Samuel 7, the king and the Messiah who would be the savior of the world, would come from the nation of Israel. So God's salvation plan is centered with the nation of Israel. And then God will establish his government, the coming king who bring peace to the entire world. He shall return and he shall establish his government there in Israel. Isaiah chapter 2, Jerusalem will become the political as well as the religious center of the world when the Messiah returns to establish his everlasting kingdom and bring peace and justice to the world. Isaiah chapter 2 says, uh, the world will say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord. The world will come to Zion, to Jerusalem, to learn the law of God, and he shall establish his uh, government there, and he shall rule with peace and justice there from Jerusalem. So Israel is central to God's plan. And Ezekiel 36 and 37 speak about the regathering of the people of Israel from all parts of the world, that famous Prophecy, the Valley of the Dry Bones, symbolizes the scattered nation of Israel. But then the bones come together and then flesh is put upon them. But the bodies do not have life. That's the regathering of Israel, the Jewish people, back to the land of Israel. And the bodies are there, but they have no life. And then 
God's spirit breathes into the bodies and they come to life. So Israel will return in a state of unbelief from all the nations of the world. And in 70 AD, when Titus destroyed Jerusalem and scattered the Jews to all parts of the world, about 1900 years later, there in 1948, the Jews return to the land of Israel. And currently they are in a state of unbelief, but spiritual revival will come. Now, a lot of the biblical prophecies, if you take them literally, as I do, Israel must be back in the land. Ezekiel chapter 40 and on talks about the building of the new temple there in Jerusalem. And Ezekiel 38 and 39 speaks of a war, the war of Gog and Magog here. Gog is mentioned first. They're the military leader of this coalition. The land of Magog is north of the Black Sea there. That would be Russia. And in many translations, the word Rosh is there. That's the ancient name of Russia. Then other nations are named Meshach, Tubal, Gomer, Beth Togarma. Those are the territories in the country, in the present country of Turkey. Persia, of course, is Iran. Kush is Sudan and northern Ethiopia. Put is Libya. And what is interesting is that many of the battles, the Six-Day War, the Battle of Yom Kippur, the Battle of Jewish Independence in 1948, many of these wars, these countries were a part of this war, funded financially and militarily by guess who? Russia. You know, so it's very interesting. And what you see now is the setting of the stage. The stage is being set for the fulfillment of this prophecy. This battle is not the fulfillment of the Gog and Magog War of Ezekiel 38 and 39, but it does indeed set the stage here. We know that Russia and Iran now have a strong alliance here. And Iran has been funding terrorist groups like Hamas and Hezbollah and countries like Syria. And so Iran has been a major player in the war against Israel. And so you see this coalition here in Ezekiel 38 and 39. And if it were to come together soon, it would be an Islamic coalition led by Russia coming to destroy the nation of Israel. And so it's very interesting what you have here. You have Lebanon threatening to invade from the north. You have Iran threatening to fire missiles into Israel. They are directly funding these groups seeking, and they've made it very clear that they are seeking the destruction of Israel. What's interesting, when Ezekiel, you know, wrote this prophecy back in the sixth century BC, Islam was not around at that time. And now, when you read Islamic theology, you read the Quran, Muhammad sought the destruction of the Jews. He first sought to win their friendship, but when they rejected his claim to apostleship and prophethood and they rejected him, then he turned and he gained a military army. He became very hostile to the Jewish people. And in the Quran, you see that Muhammad orders jihad on people of the book, names them very specifically, and those are Jews and Christians. You can go to our website at evidenceandanswers.org and you can listen to this, many of our shows uh, where we go into this there on the teachings of the Quran. And if you look at the life of Muhammad, he was very hostile 
to the Christians and the Jews, uh, calling on jihad on people of the book. And so if this alliance comes together, you've got an Islamic alliance of what you see today forming with Russia being the leader to attack the nation of Israel. Now, this war of Gog and Magog will occur right after the rapture of the church. First Thessalonians 4 and 5 talks about a day when the church will be suddenly taken out of the world. And I think as a result of the rapture, America will be greatly weakened and unable to protect Israel. And I think that's a great opportunity then for this uh, Islamic world to come together and do what they have wanted to do for a long time to destroy the nation of Israel. And so what we see today sets the stage or further clarifies and, and shows you that indeed what we see going on in the Middle East sets the stage. It's going right according to what the Bible prophesies of a future battle between Russia and the Islamic world against the nation of Israel. So it's not the fulfillment of biblical prophecy of Ezekiel 38, the war of Gog and Magog, but indeed it does reinforce that the stage is being set and that perhaps the return of Christ is very soon. Well, what should be our response and America's response to what is going on in this present war? Well, first of all, when we see these things going on, as Jesus said in Matthew 24, he says, when you see these things happening, know that my return is near. Uh, so we should be paying attention to what is going on in Israel and the Near East and the Middle East and not be anxious, not be discouraged by what is going on, but it should catch our attention and point us to biblical prophecy, the reality of biblical prophecy, and remind us that things are happening according to Bible prophecy, and perhaps the return of the Lord could be near. Second, the United States has announced full support of Israel, and that's very important. Genesis 12 promise still holds where God said to Abraham, I'll bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who curse you. And you look throughout history, the nations that have supported and blessed Israel, in turn, God has blessed. And so that doesn't mean, you know, Israel has a blank card to do whatever they want. You know, when Israel acts in ways that are not just, we need to stand against that. But Israel does have the right to exist, and Israel has the right to use force to defend herself. There's a difference between terrorism and just war. And Israel would be in a just war, just have a case for just war if they are defending themselves from terrorist attack. Fourth, remember, Israel remains central to God's plan for the redemption of mankind. And so can Israel be destroyed? Well, according to Jeremiah 31 and numerous other passages, Israel shall remain until the end of the age. And so we need to stand with Israel. She does have the right to exist and defend herself against the hostile enemies that seek her destruction. And next, you have to win the battle on Islam on two fronts, right? You need to defeat radical Islam militarily, but also you need to defeat it intellectually. Radical groups that like Hamas and Hezbollah 
I mean, it's written in their constitution. They exist for the destruction of Israel and to take the entire land of Palestine, Israel, under Islamic control. They'll settle for nothing less. So with ideologies like that, it's very difficult to negotiate. You'll often have to defeat them militarily, but that's not enough. You need to defeat the ideology intellectually. Second Corinthians 10, 5 says, we demolish all arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. We demolish false ideas and ideologies that keep people from the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so Islam needs to be defeated intellectually. We need to show our Muslim friends that this indeed is a false ideology, a false belief system. Uh, false systems are dangerous. And you can see the danger of false religious systems here. We need to show them the truth and the power of the gospel message of Christ. And if there were to be a mass conversion there in the Middle East of these people turning from Islam to Christ and they would apply the biblical teachings of Christ, you would have a much more peaceful Middle East. Realistically, will that happen? Well, it would, it'd be miraculous if it did. If it does not, you can continue to expect hostilities and conflict there in the land of Israel and with her surrounding neighbors. And finally, we're to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, because when Jerusalem is at peace, that means the Messiah has come. All right. So we're to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. But not only that, remember, most Palestinians, most are not Hamas. Most of them are peaceful people and want to live in peace. And we have many Christian brothers and sisters uh, who are Palestinian, who are living in Gaza and in the West Bank and in Lebanon. And so we need to pray and strive for peace in that area, not only for Israel, but for the Palestinians and the Lebanese as well. Most Lebanese are not Hezbollah. And so uh, we need to strive for peace in that area. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. So we should be praying for peace and the U.S. should be the leader in trying to establish peace between the Palestinians and the Israelis. So that's a little bit of what's going on in the Palestinian conflict there today. I hope it brings you some understanding as to the situation of what is going on and its connection with biblical prophecy. Now, there are a few questions as to what will happen if Israel invades Gaza in it and is successful in defeating uh, Hamas. Uh, what will happen there in Gaza? Well, Israel gave up that territory in 2005. There is a possibility they could retake control of that entire area. My personal opinion is that they will allow the people of Gaza to reestablish their government there. It's difficult because many of their children and young people have been indoctrinated in Hamas theology and ideology. So is it possible that you get another radical fundamentalist group in there in power? Yes, it's very possible. But also there's another scenario that perhaps the people of Gaza 
see the teachings of Hamas and radical Islam, and most of them want peace. And they may look at that and say, we want no part of this. All right. And they will establish a government that will work more cooperatively with Israel and be a more peaceful government there in Gaza. So that's one of the possibilities that may happen there if Israel is successful in defeating Hamas there in Gaza. Another question uh, that is asked is, what about the Palestinian refugees? Why don't the countries of Egypt and Saudi Arabia and Lebanon and Jordan, why don't the neighboring countries take these Palestinian refugees? Well, they very well could, but they don't want them. And there's a couple of reasons for this. Many of these countries don't like Hamas. And so they don't want to take these refugees because this radical form of Islam is something that they do not want in their country. So that's one reason why they are not taking them into their country. Another reason, and you know, Hamas and other terrorist groups learn this from Iran, is that they want the, the people of Gaza there as human shields. They want the civilians there to be human shields for groups like Hamas. And also, there are many of these countries that want to keep the people there in Gaza and in the West Bank. They want to keep them there so that there'll be constant conflict with the nation of Israel. If many of them exit, uh, they have a vast population decrease, perhaps the conflict will be less. But if you keep them there, force them to stay there, there's going to be continued contention with the nation of Israel. And those are some of the reasons why these countries won't, will not take uh, these refugees from Gaza. The third, and I think last question I'm going to answer, and, and this has been another good one, is that the media will often be presenting conflicting stories uh, you can already see that some uh, news outlets are pro-Hamas, anti-Israeli, and you can see that in many of the protests going on in the United States and on our collegiate campuses. So how do we discern the truth in the media? Well, we do a whole seminar on that. You can go to our website at evidenceandanswers.org and listen to our seminars on discerning truth in media, but you're going to, have to be very wise and discerning here. Remember the biblical passages in regards to the nation of Israel. That doesn't mean every single thing they do, they get a pass. No, when they do things that are unjust or not right, they need to be called on it as well. But don't just get your news just from one source, the principle of cross-examination there has taught us in Proverbs. A man's story seems right till someone comes and tells the other side. And so you need to get from multiple news sources, radio, internet, uh, as well as the news media there on cable and TV, and be discerning, be able to discern which ones are telling you the truth. And you're going to have to be wise on that. So yes, it will be a challenge, but you're going to have to uh, use discernment here when it comes to the media. Thanks for uh, spending your time with me. And remember, when you see these things happening, Jesus said, be alert, be ready, look for the signs of his return. So 
it's disconcerting, but it shouldn't cause us great anxiety and despair. Instead, we can be concerned, but also hopeful, knowing that these things are setting the stage and that his return could possibly be near. Aloha, thanks for spending some time with me on this issue. I hope it was helpful. Thank you and aloha. Once again, we've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers. Our goal is to bring you the love of Christ and to equip you in your faith to always be ready to give a response. If you would like to hold an apologetics conference or series of teachings at your facility, contact Pat by calling him in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586. Or you may email him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Be sure to browse through our listing of topics on our site. We have everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism. You will also find articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. An additional location to find Pat's messages is on YouTube. Look up Evidence and Answers and hit the subscribe button. To keep quality broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous financial support from you, our listeners. Donating is simple. Just log on at evidenceandanswers.org. Evidence and Answers is grateful for one of our sponsors, the Honolulu Christian Church. If you don't have a home church and are looking for a place to grow in your faith, check out the Honolulu Christian Church. For service times, log in at honoluluchristian.org. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucker.